Hello and welcome to Pass the Hot Sauce, a Roswell podcast. I'm Lorena Rose. I'm Lisa Abigail. And I'm Eliza Ora. And on today's mini-sode, we are going to be talking about UFO religions. Ooh. I'm so excited to learn about UFO religions. I think yeah, it's going to be a fascinating wormhole to dive down <laughs> with you, Lisa. Please educate us. So I thought we would start with the very, very basics, which is what do we mean when we talk about religion? And so in our view, a religion is a communally shared belief system or a worldview. There's usually a sacred or transcendent uh, figure. There's a belief that the human race needs some kind of salvation or redemption. There's some sort of ethical system. And then there are various experiences uh, such as devotion, ecstasy, rebirth, inner peace that people are trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. But there are always some sort of central myths or stories, and those especially deal with the creation of mankind and the future of mankind. Okay. Okay. So that's what we mean when we talk about a religion. So a UFO religion is a belief system that incorporates extraterrestrial entities operating unidentified flying objects. So they have those stories somewhere, and they are a main tenet of the faith. So we're not talking about, like, Hindu and Judeo-Christian texts that some people think have stories that refer to aliens or UFOs. That's the, the ancient astronauts hypothesis, which we can talk about in another minisode because it's interesting. Um, but instead, we're talking about religions that are explicitly based on that contact with extraterrestrials. Got it. Okay. And so these religions tend to have their sources in the physical, which are the UFO sightings and related conspiracy theories, and the idea of advanced technology, specifically technology that could be used for the good of the human race. Mm -hmm. And then there's, of course, the spiritual side. Um, and this is really based in theosophy, which I'm going to talk about more in a minute. But it comes from their idea of ascended masters. So these beings that are higher than humans, godlike figures, and they can transmit knowledge to humans. Ooh, that sounds cool. Yeah, right? I will take some alien knowledge, please. <laughs> yeah. So common elements amongst the UFO religions that we're going to be discussing are a general belief that humans have been contacted by aliens, and often a founder or one of their leaders is a contactee, so they have first-hand experience. Mm -hmm. Like a prophet. Yes, yes, like a prophet, yeah. A lot of them do refer to themselves that way. Okay. Um, they believe that contact with aliens is the way to salvation and improvement of humankind. For the most part, there are some that think that aliens are just going to come and destroy us all. Mm -hmm. But most of the ones I found are actually pretty hopeful overall. Okay. Because they believe that aliens are invested in humanity's welfare and future, and this is sometimes just due to their genu genuine altruistic motives. Sometimes it's out of an interest to maintain the overall well-being or balance of the universe. But in any case, they are always looking to elevate humans into their universal brotherhood of harmony. It Excellent. seems that everywhere else in the universe, everyone gets along great. And it's just us hanging down here screwing things up. What is wrong with Are us? Are we surprised? I know. <laughs> mm. I do like the optimistic view of like you know, harmony being outside of our world, that everything's harmonious. I like, I mean, it's very optimistic. Yes. Yeah, yeah. especially in our times. I'm like, yeah. this sounds great. Let me go to there. Yeah, please. 
So the belief is that aliens will arrive on Earth in a way that not only these devoted people will see, but in a way that will make their uh, their existence known to everyone. And this event will either be apocalyptic or it will be millenarian, believing that there will be some sort of fundamental change to society as a result. Millenarian? Okay. That's what that millenarian. means? Millenarian. Yeah. Huh. New word to me. Word me of the day. Millenarian. Okay. Continue, please. Okay, so as I mentioned, a lot of these religions are either based on or incorporate elements of Eastern philosophy as popularized by theosophy. And if you're like me, you hear the word theosophy and you go, what? Huh? Yep, me too. Yeah, so I read a whole book on this. And (laughs) that book was by Helena Petrovna Blavatsky, who was one of the founders of the Theosophical Society. The book that I read was called The Key to Theosophy Being a Clear Exposition in the Form of Question and Answer of the Ethics, Science, and Philosophy for the Study of Which the Theosophical Society Has Been Founded. Excellent. <laughs> that is a very descriptive title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did that even all fit on the cover of the book? Yeah, well, it was originally published in 1889. So I guess they didn't have a marketing department yet. No one to be like, uh, maybe cut it down, hun. Wow. Well, it tells you exactly what's going to be inside. It's very it's informative. True. That's true. That's, yeah, true. that's true. Yeah. So the book gets into exactly what theosophy is. And it was, as I said, written by Helena Petrovna Blavatsky, who, along with Henry Alcott, founded the Theosophical Society, which was international. But most of the followers, from what I could tell, appear to have been in the U.S., and theosophy in its uh, Greek, I guess, means uh, the knowledge of the gods or knowledge of the divine. So the principal religious themes of theosophy are to form the nucleus of a universal brotherhood of humanity without distinction of race, color, or creed. Excellent. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. Right? Sounds good. To promote the study of Aryan and other scriptures. And I want to point out that Aryan here means Indian, not the weird Nazi thing that those jerk faces turned it into because they were horrible. Um, So to promote the study of Aryan and other scriptures of the world's religion and sciences, and to vindicate the importance of old Asiatic literature, namely of the Brahmanical, Buddhist, and Zoroastrian philosophies. Okay, a lot of words Sounds good so far. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Essentially, Mm -hmm. Eastern religions. Yeah, yeah. Eastern religions, I I got the general idea, for sure. And the last is to investigate the hidden mysteries of nature under every aspect possible and the psychic and spiritual powers latent in man, especially. Ooh. Ooh. I like that. I feel like that's something that a lot of religions try to do, like, or like religions are founded by looking for answers about nature, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Trying to figure out how did this all start? How did, like, what is day? What is night? Yeah. And Blavatsky didn't think of theosophy as a religion. She insisted that it was this knowledge that had always been present in the world. And the all the great ancient masters knew this knowledge. And so she was just channeling the wisdom of those elders. So the idea is that um, this ancient wisdom was the source of the ideas and teachings of all world religions, but every religion just took a little piece of it. So none of them had the true story of the universe. Only she did. Got it. Mm-hmm. And so the the ancient ones who knew all of this were called Ascended Masters, and there are some of them in our modern world today. 
Ooh, who are our ascended mm-hmm. masters? So in her time, in Blavatsky's time, they were mostly Tibetan monks and spiritual leaders who she could telepathically communicate with. Of course. Uh-huh. But after her death or towards the end of her life, uh, theosophy sort of branched off in a few different directions. And the one with the most important influence on UFO religion was developed by Alice Bailey, she introduced the idea that some of the Ascended Masters, who, by the way, Blavatsky insisted were absolutely human, she was like, mm, but what if they were from Venus? Cool. Specifically Venus? Oh, yes. So there were Venusian <laughs> Masters known as Lords of the Flame and the Lord of the World, and then under them you had the Lords of the Seven Rays, and those are the ones who, of course, as we all know, have direct contact with humans. Got it. Yes, of course. Absolutely. So Blavatsky had this like proto New Age philosophy. It was pretty nice, like honestly, kind of non-controversial. There's a lot of stuff about reincarnation that you can be like, I don't know if I believe in that. But mostly they're just like, be a good person. Look out for each other. What you do affects everyone else, which is great. Yeah. Stuff we can stand by. Yeah. Alice Bailey came along and was like, Mm, I'm gonna do my own thing. Aliens. Can we talk for a sec about like the word theosophy? Because mm-hmm. doesn't the prefix theo doesn't that have to do with God? Right. I think I said that earlier. Right? Did I not say it out Did loud? You? Um, you didn't say specifically that it had to do with God. I don't think the breakdown of the word. Yeah. So theosophy is God knowledge or divine knowledge. So it's the wisdom that has been passed down. But in in theosophy's view. God is not an individual. It's not anything that can be embodied. God is the collective consciousness of all of us. So like we have at our core a self, capital S, and that is part of this greater entity that binds us all together. There's a lot of like really deep mythology in it. um, And that's like that part of yourself is what gets reincarnated through the years. And that's how you ascend to this higher plane of being. Cool. Interesting. Cool. Um, and so these these custodians of the ancient wisdom, these ascended masters, wanted to impart that wisdom to humanity so that they could lead us into a new age of peace, spirituality, and global community. You can start to see some of the things that we talked about as being part of UFO religions here. This is mm-hmm. where those ideas came from. Um, And so the Ascended Masters over the years have given us new scientific ideas. They've warned of potential catastrophes, and they've tried to bring more enlightenment to humanity. And these Masters are described as beings with a deep concern for the welfare of humanity, who operate as supreme moral and spiritual guides, who understand the physical nature of the cosmos, and whose superior wisdom extends to the spheres of science and technology. Sound like aliens to me, right? Yeah. Or like... Albert Einstein. <laughs> Maybe he was sure. an ascended master. Who we knows? don't know he wasn't. We don't. I have no proof. Mm-mm. So if you have been listening to this and thinking, wow, you know, I think I read an alien abduction story that sounds a lot like that. There is a reason for it. So there were flying saucer sightings as early as 1947, and there were sightings of unidentified objects in the air, of course, much, much longer than that. But... The the real uh, craze of flying saucers and UFOs that started with that Kenneth Arnold sighting in 1947, which of course was the same year as the Roswell incident, that was what really kicked off this idea of UFO religions. They all really got started in the early 1950s, um, and the thought is that this is when like the public consciousness had really been totally saturated with the idea of these 
beings who were out here operating flying objects, and we didn't know what they were, and we didn't know who they were. Their purposes and their intentions were mysterious. So the first contactee whose story was widely publicized was George Adamski. He was visited by a being from Venus on the 20th of November, 1952. Cool. Those Venusians sure do get around. Yes, they do. And so Adamski never founded a religious organization, but he did attract a following. And his abductee story is sort of like the template that you see a lot of other stories following. Um, so all of the, you know, oh, it was a very scientific thing. It was very cold and sterile environment. There were medical probes. All of that stuff mm-hmm. originated, as far as we can tell, with him. And if you look at the the UFO religions, a lot of them seem pretty similar to early science fiction, as well as to the UFO sightings and the abduction stories. So there are, in fact... More more than a few leaders of these UFO religions who transitioned from writing sci-fi mm. to telling the world about their own personal encounter stories, which in a lot of cases sounded remarkably similar to that sci-fi. Interesting. I think I have read some sci-fi by one of those people. I enjoyed it as science fiction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's also a thought that... Given that this was during the Cold War, there was a lot of existential terror over the arms race between the U.S. and the Soviet Union, and we were also not too far removed from the atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki at the end of World War II. Um, And so the thought is that there were a lot of people who during this time, of course, were terribly frightened about the state of the world and who were also living in this time of technological progress, and they were trying to reconcile religion with science. And so some people have called this techno-spirituality, which sounds like a really fun thing to put in your dating profile. Reminds me of Jenny Callender from Buffy, who was a techno-pagan. So these UFO religions probably had their heyday in the 60s and 70s, but there are around two dozen of them still active today. That is just an estimate as, for obvious reasons, sound data is hard to come by. There is no uh, overall religious organization monitoring these groups. But from what I could tell, the largest one that's still active is the Etheria Society. This was founded in the mid-1950s with the goal of cooperating with the cosmic masters to help humanity solve its problems and advance into the new age. As you do. Naturally. Yeah. And it's estimated that worldwide they have about 60,000 members. Ooh, that's pretty okay. pretty decent. That's a bunch of people. I do want to point out that according to them, the Ethereum Society is not a religion. It is a spiritual path to enlightenment and to the cosmic evolution of mankind, which is obviously sure. different than yeah. uh, religion. Right. Absolutely. Like, it all depends how you define religion. Uh-huh. Okay, so there's also the Unarius Academy of Science. This was founded in the 1950s in California. A lot of these are based in California. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it has to do with fourth dimensional science. They think everything is energy. They say tens of thousands of individuals have gone through their programs to learn more about this science of the world. Got it. And they also view themselves as a philosophy of life rather than as a religion. Then there is the Ground Crew Project. This one is more recent. It was founded in the 1980s, and they believe that the Earth is on the verge of a cosmic transformation that will come about through contact with the Galactic Federation. Cool. Of course. And because we're already living in the future, they seem to be operating online only. (laughs) You don't need to see anybody in person. You can do everything online. Yeah. 
which we are learning. We're doing this online right now, and I can see you, so. Yeah, we live in four different spots. True, we live in four different states. Also, um, you know, everyone is quarantined right now and learning all the joys of the internet. Yep, this is the most (laughs) social interaction I've had in, like, three days. (laughs) <laughs> I um went to my niece's virtual uh, second birthday party. Aww. Actually have some really cute pictures of like all of us in our little squares and her sitting there eating her cake. Aww. Yeah, it was, it was cute. That's adorable. Okay, so the next one is actually interesting. We might talk about them more in depth in a future minisode because they are fascinating. This is the Raelian movement, and they were founded in the 1970s. Their central belief is that life on Earth was scientifically created by extraterrestrial scientists called the Elohim, who were essentially like humans Elohim. from another world. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Eliza, Eliza a, knows. A name for God in Hebrew. I was going to say, isn't this right. a Hebrew word? That is a Jewish name for God. Yeah. Well, according to them, we have mistranslated and Elohim means beings who came from the sky. Which um, right. is possible. Elohim is a plural word. Right. I always was taught that it was like our Lord, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what people say it is. That's like, that's what we use it as. It's just, it's another name of God, a holy one. That's a holy name of God. But, but it is a pluralized word. Im is, is a a plural ending. I'm sure there's an explanation for that. I think we should dive more into that. And in the meantime, we can look up the Hebrew etymology so we can find out more about what it actually means. Because I I don't think it's aliens. Yeah, I don't think so. But they call themselves an atheist spiritual organization, and they have a very interesting scientific claim, which is that they can clone humans, and they have done so. Oh, cool. Impressive. Right? Don't ask them to prove it, but just trust them they can. And if you look them up, um, their symbol is a little upsetting. It's a Star of David overlaid with a swastika. (gasps) But it's, of course, the swastika of Hinduism, Buddhism, and Jainism, which which the Nazis ruined because they ruined everything. Yeah, they ruined it. You can't do that anymore. (sighs) But just an FYI for anyone who Googles them. Oh, also, if you Google the Theosophical Society, their their seal is a Star of David. They just call it a hexagram, though. It represents the universal spirit and matter. They have a swastika as well. They have an om, which is the Hindu symbol for the ultimate reality. Mm -hmm. They have an ankh, which is the ancient Egyptian symbol for life. They have an ouroboros, which is the serpent or dragon eating its own tail and is a symbol for eternal cyclic renewal, life, death, and rebirth. And it has their motto, there is no religion higher than truth. They clearly did not consult a graphic designer. This thing is a mess. (laughs) I was going to say it sounds uh, pretty crazy. It sounds like there's a lot going on there. But it sort of fits with their idea that, like, every religion in the world has a little piece of knowledge, and so you have to put them all together in order to get anything resembling divine truth. To get the ultimate knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I know, when I was reading this, I was thinking, oh, some of these things sound like religions, and some of them kind of sound like cults. I think there is a very fine what line. is the difference? Yeah. It was like, is there really a difference? I don't know. I am sure that there is a definition somewhere that people have figured out. But I think a lot of us really think of, like, religions are mostly harmless, at yeah. least in their core ideals, whereas cults, not so much. Sure. So I'm going to, these are ones that I don't want to talk about in depth. So I thought I would briefly mention them here, and then we don't have to talk about them ever again. Sounds okay. great. So I would say probably the most famous is Heaven's Gate, 
they were known for their mass suicide in 1997. Mm-hmm. Um, they thought that they would be able to ascend to a spaceship that was hidden in the tail of the Halebop comet when that went by. 39 people died. Over three days, they died in waves, and they all like prepared each other's bodies for the ascension after this. Wow. Their website... Uh, informed everyone that they had graduated from the human evolutionary level and they were going to another level of existence above human. They were very happy with their decision to ascend to a higher plane. Okay. I'll always have an open mind about people's belief systems. Um, you know, I don't want to judge people, but but when it comes to harming others or yourself, that's kind of where I'm going to draw a line. Yeah, so they. I read a little bit more about them um, their leader was a, a guy. Uh-huh. Um, so he was Bo, and his female partner was named Peep. She had died before, nat- she had died of natural causes before this happened. But he, uh, towards the end, got a little, um, I don't know. He had the men castrate themselves <gasps> to gain control over their lustful desires. <gasps> All right. Okay. Oh so, you know, there were warning signs. Hmm? Mm-hmm. And and there's obviously some level of brainwashing. Oh, absolutely. You know, because, yeah. like, how would he get that many people to, to follow him? You know, the, like, wow. And like any of these things, he was a charismatic leader who claimed to have this higher knowledge, and only through him could you get to your ultimate purpose in life. So that, yeah, that was a sad one. Okay. So there was a lot of fear after this because Chen Tao, or the True Way cult, which was founded actually in Taiwan in 1955 as a mix of Buddhism, Taoism, and ufology, they, uh, their leader had a prophecy that in 1998, God would speak to everyone over one single TV channel that would just automatically be on in your house, regardless of whether you had cable. Cool. <laughs> And so there was a lot of public fear that this was going to be like a Heaven's Gate kind of thing where there would be mass suicides. But instead, his prophecy failed and he, uh, the leader, said, I'm super sorry. Do you guys want to stone and or crucify me to make up for this mistake I made? Oh, what a generous offer. Yeah. And luckily, everyone said, no, thank you. We will go home now. And the group peacefully disbanded. That's good. Oh, gosh. So the next one, the Nuwabian Nation of Moors is something that sounds really cool until it doesn't. So they were a group of African-Americans who identified as American Indian. I can't find out if they actually were or not, though. And I suspect they might not have been, which makes it less cool. So their religious group incorporated elements of ancient Egyptian belief, American Indian beliefs, and UFO beliefs. Okay. They were active in the late 1980s through the early 2000s. But in 2004, their leader, Dwight York, who, of course, claimed to be himself an extraterrestrial who was going to lead his people to salvation that only he could accomplish, was convicted of numerous counts of child molestation and financing violations. He was sentenced to 135 years in federal prison. Not enough time. Yeah. And the group was designated as a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. It's unclear whether they're still active, but they abandoned their compound that was like a weird mix of um, pyramids and obelisks and like American Indian iconography. Hmm. All right. So the last one that I want to mention and then never have to discuss again or think about is 
Scientology. Oh, I was waiting for that one. Mm-hmm. So this was founded or, you know, made up by L. Ron <laughs> Hubbard in 1952, and it evolved from his book about Dianetics. Um, he was, like, super against the practice of psychiatry, and essentially it seems like formed Scientology as a response to that, as a way of criticizing psychiatry. The things I learned about Scientology's beliefs, I had no idea. They're freaking bonkers. I don't want to give them too much airtime. So if you're interested in that, look it up. Um, essentially, we're all just a bunch of aliens trying to get free of our alien stuff after the evil overlord Xenu screwed us over millions of years ago. So, you know, cool. sucks for us. Or also, if you want to know about it, there's a great documentary that I Is it called South Park? It's not, but South Park did have a great episode. That was my, like, first introduction to Scientology, was through South Park. <laughs> we watched that episode in Hebrew school. Yeah, same. Same, we watched it in Hebrew school. Must be part of the curriculum. Um, no, I'm gonna find it. I think it was on Netflix, um, or HBO, and every- Going Clear. I feel like I've heard of that. Was it HBO? It's it's on Hulu, apparently. You can watch it on Hulu with just a normal subscription. Nice. Um, and people, I think I, I watched a bunch of it. Um, I think it was really well done and people really liked it. It's huh, kind cool. of expose-ish. Maybe I'll check it out during this quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. But it, what, it is HBO. So I think the most fundamental, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a controversy, about Scientology is that they charge people for mm -hmm. uh, moving up in the ranks of their religion. So you have to do these sessions where you're paying someone to do something that is not psychiatry, but involves accessing memories of your past lives. So that sounds cool. Um, and to but be clear, psych psychiatry is a science. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like a belief yeah. system. It is a science. So like, there's no, there's no disagreeing with it. Yes. Scientology is not. But in the more reality-based realm, there are a ton of controversies that I didn't personally know about ahead of time. So there, there have been allegations that I did know about of organized harassment of the church's detractors. And then I think mm -hmm. pretty highly publicized is the requirement that some members shun their families or friends who question or challenge the church. Mm -hmm. They're not open to that, which is always the sign of someone who's secure in their convictions is when they're like, how dare you question me? I'm not talking to you anymore. And they've also attempted to force search engines to censor information that's critical of the church. Oh, my God. What I didn't know about are allegations that the church leader beats and demoralizes staff, which the church denies. And in 1978, a number of Scientologists were convicted. These include L. Ron Hubbard's wife, Mary Sue, who was second in command of Scientology. For They were convicted for perpetrating the largest incident of domestic espionage in the history of the United States at that time. Wow. Domestic espionage. Yeah. They had infiltrated wiretap and stolen documents from the offices of federal attorneys and the Internal Revenue Service. Oh, my great. God. Great, great, great. Mm -hmm. Good I mean, people. It's, Good people. It's an organization that has a lot of money. Because yeah. they, oh my gosh, like so you much. said, they charge people a lot of money and mm -hmm. a lot of the members are filthy rich. Yes. Yeah. And strongly encouraged, shall we say, to give a ton of money to the church. Yeah. And L. Ron Hubbard was convicted in France for fraud. He was convicted in absentia. And the head of the French Church of Scientology was also convicted. 
They've done a lot more bad things, but I'm done talking about them because they suck. If there are any Scientologists out there listening and you want to engage with us on why we're wrong, I guess feel free, but I am not but you, convinced. You probably will not change our mind. Yeah, if any Scientologists are listening t- to this, please let us know. Because <laughs> I don't... Yeah. I'm not sure that, uh, you know, the Venn diagram of Scientology and I people would, that are into... I would doubt it. You know. But but yeah, if any anyone is listening who can tell me how to get all these thetans off of me so I can ascend to, to OT3, you know, hit me up. <laughs> that's the highest operating thetan level. So, like, cool. you know... I think that's, that's where Tom Cruise is at. Cool. I'm sure. Is John Travolta there, too? I don't know. That's a great question. Is he a Scientologist, too? Yes, he is. Of course he is. Okay, so we're not going to go into any more depth on these bad UFO religions. Instead, we're going to focus on some of the more fun and interesting ones. So tune in to our next mini to learn more. Thanks for joining us for this overview of some of the fascinating UFO religions of the world. On our next mini-sode, we'll be diving more in-depth on some specific UFO religions. But first, we'll be back next Tuesday with our discussion of Roswell Season 1, Episode 18, Tess, Lies, and Videotape. In the meantime, please subscribe to us on wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review to make it easier for other folks to find us. If you want to contact us with any questions or disagreements or just to say hello, we love to hear from you. Our email address is roswellhotsauce at gmail.com. You can also find us and contact us on Twitter and Instagram at roswellhotsauce. You can find our website at roswellhotsauce.com, where you'll find show notes, bios, and all sorts of other information. Until next time, we'll be busy trying to ascend to a higher plane of being.